Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom Podcast. I'm really excited about today's guest, Dr. Jay Zygmunt. Dr. Jay Zygmunt is the founder of Child Free Wealth. It's a life and financial planning firm dedicated to helping child-free and permanently childless individuals. He's also a CFP and he's a wealth specialist, and he's the author of the book Portraits of Child-Free Wealth, and he also has his own podcast as well, and he got his PhD in adult learning from UConn, so that's, you know, I was born in Hartford, so, and his work has been featured on major outlets, and I'm happy to welcome him to the show, so, uh, Jay, welcome. What are the odds that the two of us happen to, you know, have a Connecticut, you know, connection and by pure luck? Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a small world. Um, yeah, you have a very interesting background. So t- tell people how you got started and we'll go from there. Yeah, so I actually come out of the learning side. You know, so I got a coaching and, you know, whether it's life coaching, financial coaching, career coaching, executive coaching, whatever. And you realize eventually that people are more interested in finances than they are their life, even though their life is probably a bigger issue. And I studied to become a certified financial planner. And when I did that, I found out, Nowhere in the literature whatsoever is there mention of being child-free. And that meaning people who don't have kids aren't planning on having kids. And my wife and I are child-free, and it was one of those things going, wait a minute, maybe we're weird. Maybe we're like the only people that don't have kids. But turns out about 25% of the U.S. are child-free or permanently childless, and their financial and life planning is different. It's And it's quite interesting. And a uh, term my sister-in-law told me about, and it's called Dink. Called dink you know, dual income, no kids. And uh, so, yeah, so kind of how being child-free in this, (laughs) in this idea of permanently childless kind of very blunt, but how does it impact your financial planning process? The way we say it is living a life of child-free wealth means you have time, money, and freedom to do what you enjoy. It doesn't mean you're rich. Like there's no, (laughs) like, you don't get like checks just coming in through the mail for not having kids, but you have different choices. You know, where what happens is for people that are parents, there's a standard life plan. You know, you go to school, you get married, you have kids, buy a house, you work 25 years, retire, pass on the money to the next generation. That is not what child-free folks are following. You know, child-free folks are, you know, trying to figure out, okay, what life do I want to live first, then their finances, then their taxes, which is a bit backwards. I mean, you take some just basics. Bottom line, most child-free folks don't care about passing on money to the next generation. That's not a priority. Well, if you're going to do that, you can embrace die with zero. And if you're trying to die with zero, that's a completely different financial plan than if you're trying to pass on millions to the next generation. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's quite interesting. Uh, I recently read this fantastic book. You know, my wife and I, we actually choose not to have kids just because we value our independence and, um, you know, we kind of want to live our life on our own terms. And, but, you know, some people want to have kids, you know, and some people, you know, out of choice. And um, so, what are some of the choices or what are kind of the factors that influence a couple to not have kids, not have kids? Of course, you know, there's, you know, issues you know, infertility and all that, but, you know, kind of societal, cultural, why people are having less children. Yeah. So if you break it in, there's kind of two buckets. There's the people that are by choice and people not by choice. Tends to be the people not by choice tend to use the term childless, you know, and that could be fertility or not finding a spouse or a variety of other reasons. And the data says that's about 5% of the U.S. You know, the research study of Michigan was looking at this in adults. And the other 20% of the population are people that choosing it. And I did some research on this and it's really interesting. Most people had more than one answer. So it was like, you know, a well thought out process. So you were talking about that for you and your wife. You had a well thought out process behind it. Is that fair? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's more, you know, we wanted to direct uh, more of our time and attention. You know, we can focus on our nieces and nephews, you know, give back to other causes. Having a kid is like deciding to own a house or, you know, kind of that you're locked in for 18 plus years. And, you know, some, for some people, that's what they want. You know, they want to build a family, but others, they want to do different things and kind of enjoy life and have more freedom and choice. Yeah. And, and that's what the data says. The data says that about a third of people are saying, well, just they didn't want to have kids. Just like, you know, just wasn't in the cards for that. Then there's others that say, okay, it's about finance. It's about health about, you know, not passing on intergenerational trauma. And there's some interesting discussions around like the environment, you know, the carbon impact and the politics and these bigger issues that are really kind of, they're, they're growing in reasons why people are choosing not to have kids. And then, you know, there's always like people judging us, you know, people are child free, they, they ought to make them a judgment, you know, you hate kids. No, well, about 15% <laughs> of people just hate kids, don't want to have them. Okay, but the other 85% are like, hey, I've got a really well thought out reason why it's not right for us. The other thing is, you know, seeing my, you know, brother and my sister-in-law and also my wife's, you know, they, um, you know, you, you have to, like I said, as they grow, I almost uh, there was a startling statistic, you know, it costs 100K per year um, for 18 years per child, you know. And if you really <clears throat> want to, especially in today's society with, you know, taxes, debt, inflation, financial instability, economics instability. If you really want to have your kids have a leg up and really succeed next generation, which is going to be really harder and harder, you have to be financially said, you have to have resources. And, you know, this is something that's harder and harder. You know, some people don't want to have kids because they don't want, you know, the way the world is going. There's a, they have a negative view of the world and climate change, you know, we're having heat waves and droughts and COVID and all of this. So yeah, that's quite interesting. And then, um, you know, in the, but then like my family, I see them, they have to pay for their college and, you know, all these tuition and classes and, you know, you have to, it takes resources, which brings us to the next question is uh, one thing is um, talk about um, does, oh, so here's the thing. And we get, my wife and I would get this, this, uh, does being child-free make you rich? Uh, and you say, no, but it can make you happy. <laughs> so I'm really curious about that. <laughs> yeah. So I, 
I ended up serving just shy of 300 uh, child-free folks and asked them about their life, why they chose it. And I did like just an open question. Just, are you happy with your life? Just, just let them kind of go where they want to go. And it was like 94% said yes. And the people that said no, it was like, not because of choosing kids or not, but it's like, you know, they have something going on in their life that's a big concern. But 94% of people being happy, that is an insanely high sample. When you're saying, hey, you know, they're all saying they're happy. But the, the money is not true. So I'll give you an idea. So the U.S. Census looked at adults over 55, and, and they were looking specifically at childless people who didn't have biological children. And they found that single childless women had the highest net worth, but it was only like by a couple grand. Like it was not enough to matter either way. And, and I think part of my take on this is if you're not trying to save for the next generation, growing your net worth to this giant amount is not a goal. You know, I get to a point where I, have, I meet with people and, you know, I'm, I'm a financial planner, life planner. I work with child free folks and I'll talk to them like, OK, cool. You're in your 30s, 40s and you don't care about how much you're passing the next generation. Well, every dollar you earn more is going to an estate you don't care about. That's pretty stupid. Like, seriously, like, you know, like I can earn more money, but for what purpose? You know, and, and that might be the reason why the net worth is high is not higher. I think also the reality check is. Child-free folks have, you know, income disparities just like everybody else. You know, for my book, I had somebody whose big success was they had moved from an air mattress to a regular mattress. And that was <laughs> huge, you know, for them in their life. And that's true. So it's not like, you know, being child-free automatically makes you rich. But, man, the data says it makes you happy. And I'm not recruiting people to be child-free, but it's just for the people that are doing it. They're pretty good with their life. How about you? Are you happy with your life? Oh, yeah. I'm actually, actually, cause, you know, financial independent, just basically independence and, um, you know, for better or worse, I'm selfish by nature, you know, but, you know, <laughs> but, um, you know, I kind of, I have, I have goals and plans that I want to achieve and accomplish. And it's quite interesting because there's this really interesting book called, um, child free or sorry, die with zero. And, um, it's really interesting because, you know, we're taught to, and consume we're basically taught to hoard basically our, our net worth you know and it's portrayed in the media you know this idea of riches you're driving ferraris and yachts and private jets and um interesting thing is money is is a resource so it's it's only to be used here we like we when we die when we die we can't take it with us so you know what's the point of hoarding all of it because <clears throat> i mean you can you know, your estate can pass down to generations, you know, can use it for charitable causes, but then, you know, eventually the government gets hold of it, you know, they're going to take their fair share. So like, here we are striving, hamster wheel, saving, you know, living frugally, while we pay taxes, we're undergoing inflation, people are in debt, we have all this instability, you know, the future is bleak. So why not use some of that money right now when you're healthy? instead of just waiting till you're 70 and you can't really enjoy it. So this really ties to what you're talking about. Absolutely. And I mean, a vast majority <laughs> of child-free folks follow Die With Zero. Like that is a <laughs> book that I recommend to most of my clients because he talks about the combination time, money, and, and health. Yeah. And it's a good equation. And I think the hard part, though, is all financial planning assumes you want to save the, the principal. You know, even the safe withdrawal rate assumes you want to save the principal. Running Monte Carlo, you know, simulations assumes you want to save the principal, and it like breaks the whole system when you're like, no, I'm going to live my life throughout my life. And the other part is a lot of child free folks don't really have retirement as a goal. You know, they might have a hobby or a business or small business they're doing or something, 
if you're not going to retire and you're not going to pass on money to the next generation, like the whole financial planning system blows up. It was a, it's actually a really good book because um, the whole financial planning is based on income and status. I'm not saying income is very important. You know, you have to make a living, you have to be doing, you have to be productive, you have to be saving, you know, you, it sucks, you know, it sucks to be broke and you can't pay your bills and you can't do things you want to do. Uh, Naval Ravikant, he wrote this really fascinating, it was really great. He was talking about focus on using money for time and wealth, not for not for income and not for status, which is what the modern mainstream wants us to think is income for status. You know, what is your net worth? You know, what kind of car you drive, what neighborhoods, all of that. Those are important, but, you know, there's something deeper. Um, and then what's interesting thing is this idea of um, this, uh, you have this, what is the file? You, I've heard of fire, but you talk about file. What is that? All right, Christopher. I'm, so... <laughs> Everybody knows fire, financial independence, retire early. Let me ask you a question. Are you really going to stop working throughout your life or are you just going to keep always doing a little like whatever, side gig, fun thing? <laughs> I mean, like, like what you're doing now. You tell me. Yeah, well, I, I, like I tell this story to my clients. I, I fully retired in 2016, which is seven, seven years ago. I could do whatever the F I wanted to do. And I took a year off, traveled, you know, ate at expensive restaurants, stayed nice places. And it was great for the first month, but for the next 11 months, it was, it was hell. So uh, we have to have this like passion, this purpose. And like I said, now I'm doing what, what I love to do and I'll never retire. I'll do that. I can do this all day. Yeah. I can do it for free as well. So it really doesn't make any difference. You know, it's more of the people I'm helping and impacting. So, you know, that's the answer to your question. Right. So if you take that and combine it with the die with zero approach, you get file. So essentially the way we look at it is fires an on off switch for work file setting the dial back, you know, it's a dimmer switch of saying, I want to do the right amount of work at the right time at the right speed for my life. And here's the thing. <laughs> if you take out retirement and you take out passing on the next generation, you can invest in yourself differently. You know, I have people that in their thirties could go, you know what? I want to go back and do a different career. You know, so, all right, you talk, you talk a lot to physicians. So let me give you an example. Of this. I worked with somebody, I used to work in healthcare and then burnt out of healthcare and you know what it's like in there. So you probably didn't get it. <laughs> but I worked with somebody who's a, a medical resident in his last year of residency doing okay, but not great. You know, I was, I was often coaching these residents who were, you know, struggling, working through the boards and all that. And he was doing okay, not great. And I talked to him, I said, what's going on? And I met with him for about six months and come to find out his parents wanted him to be a doctor. Okay? <laughs> he never really wanted to be a doctor. And his parents paid for the school and he went to the school and he did fine. And he was doing okay. Probably not the person you want as your doctor, but like, you know, fine. Yeah. You know? And I said to him, I said, listen, are you happy? And he's like, no. What would you do if you could do anything? And his answer was he wanted to do something in art. You know, he was an artist at heart and who got, you know, went to medical school, graduate. I mean, he's last year of residency. And I said, okay, well, what would your life look like if you, if you followed your passions, all that? So I saw him about a year or two later and he was happier than ever. And I'm like, what happened? He goes, well, I quit being a doctor and went to art. He says, my parents are really mad at me, but I'm happier than I ever been. Yeah. That's that investment in yourself. That is part of that file approach of saying, Hey, what do you enjoy? You know, I call it Marie Kondo in your life, find the stuff that brings you joy and get rid of the stuff that doesn't, you know, this person I'm talking about, Look, he's happier. He's an artist. He's not making mo good money. I mean, let's be real. Artists don't you know, don't make a lot of money. He might make forty five grand a year, but 
happier. And that's a hard choice in our society to say, yep, I'm going to give up being a doctor to go be an artist. But if it, what, what brings you happiness, what's better? I mean, plus, like, you know, like I know like a lot of my surgeon friends, you know, they make 800K a year, but uh, they come home to an empty mansion and, you know, they can do whatever, you know, they can afford whatever they want, but their wives, they're on their third divorce. Um, their kids hate them. You know, the, the, some of them are into drugs, alcohol. So I, I said, like, <laughs> there's like a certain point, there's a certain salary where it's like, you know, where you're comfortable, you're doing what you want to do. You know, of course, if you're enjoying that, you know, then by all means, you know, but uh, it's like, like, again, it's not all about income and status and uh, which is quite interesting. Um, yeah, I know that I, I, uh, I know that story, the typical story, your parents want you to become a doctor. Uh, what's interesting is that, uh, you know, we have to sacrifice, you know, just to please our spouse. And it's just, it's just an endless rat race. Yeah. Well, and and I'll, I'll give you a funny example of this. So, <laughs> um, my sister and I, um, same Christmas, I finished up my PhD and my sister announced her first kid. My wife is a little bit of a wise guy and she's also a PhD. And she, she asked, which are you more proud of? You know, me getting my PhD or my sister having a kid. <laughs> Christopher, I'm not going to give you the answer because I don't want to throw my mother under the bus, but you can see yeah. where this is going. And, and it's <laughs> funny that when you start seeing these expectations, we call it the standard life plan, and it has such a pressure on you. Mm. And once you get rid of that life plan, you can do whatever you want. You yeah. get to a point, and you're probably pretty close, it sounds like you hit it already, of what we call the child-free midlife crisis. You hit your personal, <laughs> professional, financial goals, and then you're like, now what? Yeah. You know, what, you know, if you're a parent, you pass off your goals to the next generation. Yeah. If you're child free, it's like, what life do I want to live? And that's a challenge. It yeah. sounds like you hit it and it was only a month into your retirement. Uh, it, it's uh, it's quite interesting because uh, I did this experiment where it's like, you know, where I did this month long experiment where it's like you, you really hustle and you try to achieve a particular goal. And um, at the end of it, it's like once you do that, it's like and then you start finding things to be unhappy about, like you start comparing yourself to bigger influence, you know, bigger followings or, you know, oh, I, you know, um, instead of celebrating the small wins, you start thinking, oh, I should have made, you start getting greedy, you start becoming ungrateful. It's kind of this, and you have to really catch yourself. And uh, yeah, the other interesting thing is, uh, you know, like um, there's this 2% withdrawal rate or something. I, I really didn't, you know, but it's like, it's like you, you work so hard to, you either save or invest, you know, a million dollars. And then when you get to core retirement age, you can only withdraw 2%. So you're going to live 4% on 20. usually, but yes. Yeah. 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 So you're going to live like you're going to live on 20 to 40 K a year, you know, so you work so hard, you achieve that and then you can only withdraw that amount is kind of like, and then all the, then your, the government's taking it, your advisor's taking it, inflation, taxes so it's like it's like you have nothing left over for yourself so it's kind of just ironic you know just when you take a step back and look at things um so watch this you bring up your advisor so i i'm what's called an advice only planner so i charge for my time and um just on a subscription base i don't do percentage based but if you work with a percentage based advisor their goal is for your net worth to always go up and you said your goal is for your net worth to go down yeah, it's a exactly. conflict of interest. Uh, yeah, interesting. So I really enjoyed this conversation, sharing stories. Um, how can people contact you? I know you're on social media. Check out your book. Check out your work, and so on. 
Yeah. So our website is childfreewealth.com. You can actually download a free copy of the book, childfreewealth.com slash book on all the socials, Child Free Wealth and Child Free Wealth podcast. So if you haven't guessed something having to do with child free and wealth, that is probably how you find me. And for all the audience out there, I really hope you enjoyed this conversation with Dr. Jay Zygmunt. Um, just talking about different perspectives, thinking about retirement in different ways, saving. Um, I'm always interested in um, you know people with different perspectives. And all of his resources will be in the links and show notes. And with that, thanks so much for coming on to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Much ado, be sure to thank this show's sponsors, and we'll see you next week.